The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of Hope. Well, hello everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Messages of Hope. That's what we are offering up in spades today. I'm so excited about this show. We are once again recording the video to place on YouTube later, but live for many of you listening to us through Unity Online Radio. So I am excited to get the word out about a new book. It's called Life to Afterlife, Helping Parents Heal the Book, featuring the parents of Craig McMahon's documentary, Mom, Can You Hear Me? So that will make a lot more sense to you, that very long title, after we speak with our two guests today who are very much responsible for making this book a reality. And my guests live with us today are Elizabeth Boisson, the president and co-founder of Helping Parents Heal, and Irene Vuvalides, the vice president of Helping Parents Heal. I know these two ladies so well, they're dear friends. If you've read my book, Still Right Here, I spent a week on a boat with them and we didn't get on each other's nerves. So that tells you a lot. So welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us, Suzanne. Yeah, and those of you who've followed my show over the years will recognize Elizabeth and Irene because they've both been on the show. Both are shining light parents, that means they have a child or children across the veil. So I was telling the girls that I don't know how today's gonna flow. We're just gonna let spirit guide us. And as we did a little group meditation before this started, we could just feel the kids around us. So Elizabeth, why don't you tell us just a bit about Helping Parents Heal to set the stage for talking about the new book. I would love to. And first of all, I'd just love to be able to explain the name because it does sound a little strange, but the life to afterlife part came from 
uh, Craig McMahon's spirituality series, which is his, um, he has a bunch of different documentaries in that series, but Life to Afterlife, Mom, Can You Hear Me, was the first one that he produced. And we were all very fortunate that he did. He chose members of Helping Parents Heal. And our group is a group of parents who have experienced the passing of a child and um, one or more children, actually. And um, he approached me to possibly do a documentary. And he was worried it might be very sad. And it turned out that it wasn't sad at all. And the documentary didn't tell the whole story. So the book was the follow-up to that documentary. Okay. And we'll talk later about what parts of the story didn't tell and what are told in the book. Irene, how did you become involved with Helping Parents Heal? I was fortunate to find Helping Parents Heal um, within the first year after my daughter Carly passed. Uh, I read Mark Ireland's book, Soul Shift, Finding Where the Dead Go, and found out about Helping Parents Heal, reached out to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth, as we all know, is so kind and spent so much time speaking with me. And I think within about a year, I was leading a chapter of Helping Parents Heal, and about two years later, I was helping to plan our first conference that became vice president of the organization, and um, I'm now a caring listener as well. We'll talk about caring listeners later. For those of you who are listening in, who, oh, there's a dog, I know that dog, that, that would be Linus. Uh, those of you who are listening who are not a shining light parent, I guarantee you will get a lot out of this show because the truths that are brought forth in the book, the lessons that it shares apply to anybody who is dealing with the transition of a loved one. I do want to say that I was uh, recently narrating my book still right here for Audible. It's going to be out in a few months as an audio book. And in there, we relived the time when I did a second reading for Irene and I brought through her daughter, Carly. And in that, she showed that her mom was going to have a bigger role stepping in front of people and leading groups, which was outside her comfort zone. And Irene, I kept wondering what Carly was getting at. And at the time, we thought it just meant you were going to be leading an affiliate group. And I waited and waited till the end of the book because I couldn't remember since I wrote it. And it never came up that that bigger role is your vice president role now. Yes, I was never a person to step into the limelight or public speaking terrified me. I couldn't imagine that um, I would be in the role I'm in now. And I'm absolutely thrilled and just filled with gratitude to do the work that I do. Yeah, I want to tell everybody that both of these women, Elizabeth and Irene, are tireless workers. They talk on the phone probably four or five times a day to discuss how to run this organization that's growing to how many people now, Elizabeth? It's almost 20,000. So we're, I think, at 19,700 two days ago. And um, that sounds like a terrible number when you know that these are all parents who have had children transition. But it makes us feel so good to know that all of these kids are leading their parents to the organization. And that's exactly the way that we feel about it. And I also know that um, the people who join our organization are able to move forward and heal. And a lot of other bereavement groups, unfortunately, don't necessarily 
let the members know that it is possible to move forward and heal, but that is a huge part of helping parents heal. And the reason that the parents heal is because the kids want us to heal. It's not because we're leaving them behind or forgetting about them. We carry them with us every step of the way and they hold our hands as we do. And that does make the difference. Last night, you held a Helping Parents Heal meeting online and I was so grateful to be able to moderate that and we interviewed the parents who contributed to this book and it was not a sad meeting. I had several people email me afterwards and say how uplifting the meeting was. Irene, what makes these meetings of bereaved parents who you have returned shining light parents, what makes them uplifting? Once we realize that death means nothing more than the loss of our children's physical body, that they are not dead, they're alive. They're alive and well. And we have the ability to connect with them. As Elizabeth said, they're with us every step of the way. And as we gather, we take comfort from each other, learn from each other, and the energy we receive from each other and from our children in spirit just makes all the difference. Absolutely. Now, you share in the book, both of you, in your own chapters, beautiful signs that you've gotten from your kids. Morgan is Elizabeth's son, Carly, of course, Irene's daughter and Elizabeth you also have little Chelsea who passed it just after after birth but I would love for both of you before we dive into the book to show us an example of what you were just talking about you state with confidence our kids are still with us they're part of our lives we move forward with them how about a very personal example not about the songs they play on the radio but when you heard him say something in your ear recently that you just couldn't deny they were guiding you, something like that, a, a recent event that's not in the book, that it's just part of your normal interaction with your kids who have transitioned. Well, oh. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, as I was working on our conference, which we have a Helping Parents Heal conference next August, and we've already had, I believe, Elizabeth, 775 people register within the two months registration is open. And I go through each registration as it happens to make sure there's no errors. I check it on, um, on the constant contact. And as I was just a few weeks ago going through a registration, a couple hadn't put their child's name in spirit for their name tag. And we want to make sure that the name tags are printed with our name and our children's name. And it's a couple that I know them very well. They're in Florida. Suzanne, you know them as well. And I just had like this moment where I couldn't think. And I said, oh my gosh, what is their son's name? And in my head, as clear as a bell, just as my daughter would speak to me when she was on earth, I heard, duh, his name is Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> No question, she was there with me, helping me. Of course, she was right there telling me what his name was. I love that. And this is one of the questions my mediumship students often ask. How can I tell it's not my imagination, it's my loved one? When you hear it with the words, the inflection, conversational tone like that, there's no mistaking it. Now, I never knew Carly in physical form, but I've met her and interacted with her quite a few times from the spirit world. And that is definitely her. <laughs> Yes. How about you, Elizabeth? 
Well, I, I just had something happen again last night that was amazing. I'm a caring listener, and so I was meeting with some parents, uh, two sets of parents. Both of them have children who just passed recently. One was a year ago, and when I was on the phone with the dad out on my porch, um, I was telling the dad that Morgan and Chelsea are with his daughter, Caitlin, and I was 100% sure of that and that they were taking care of her. And I looked over the wall and I saw in a tree three beautiful golden eagles that I never, ever see here. Wow. So I got all excited. I almost dropped my phone and I said, I've got to take a picture of this, Mike. I've got to show this to you. And so I um, got my camera. I was yelling at my husband in French, telling him, take a picture of this. And so Mike almost didn't know what was going on. But then I got the picture to him and it, he was just, he was blown away because these beautiful golden eagles, as I say, I never see them on our property normally. And the three of them obviously were sent by our three kids. But then I went to meet them in person uh, to have coffee for the first time. And I picked out a condolence card that had a squirrel on it. And that's an, a very unusual thing to have on a condolence card. And I thought, gosh, why do I want this card so badly? And I brought the card and I brought a little bracelet and some other things that I brought for them. And they and I said to them, could you open it now? And I don't know why I did that, because I normally let people take things home if they want to. And they opened the card and they both started crying and they said, Caitlin's nickname is Squirrel. How did oh, you know that? Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. She picked it out for me. Well, so those kinds know. of things happen constantly. It's something that it, it's recurring almost every day. And that's part of the magic of the well, collateral beauty that we are able to experience because of the fact that we are in contact with so many parents. So everything that Irene and I do heals us even more than it does all of these parents, because we are able to hear about everything that goes on that other people might not hear about. Well, that's the beauty of the book, Life to Afterlife, because it's a compilation of these wonderful stories. I wanna just say that some of you who are new to this might say, big deal, there were three eagles, an eagle's a big deal, but you know, what does that have to do? You get to, what does that have to do with <laughs> our kids? You get to the point where you recognize how those in spirit work. They snagged Elizabeth's attention with that right after she made the point about three, drew her attention to those eagles. And it's so funny that that comes up, Elizabeth, because in the foreword, I write about how you invited me to do a group reading for the parents who are in the documentary this book is based upon. And that very week, I think it was just a day or two before the filming, you had 14 deer show up in your yard. Very unusual, you took a photo of it. It wasn't till the next day, Irene's daughter Carly asked, have you seen the deer yet? Ask me this of her mom through a medium have you seen the deer yet we didn't know what she was talking about only later did it occur to us when elizabeth showed the photo and we had done that group reading there were 14 kids who came through in that group reading for the parents represented there how cool is that it gives me goosebumps it's it's yeah, so funny same kinds of things always give me goosebumps <laughs> and it's just so wonderful because that was something that 
um, we, you have to put the parts of the puzzle together and um, therefore you have to be interacting with other people who understand and who get it. And we are so fortunate with Helping Parents Heal, with the providers like you, um, to have that group of people that we can talk about with and uh, explain these things that are happening that are just amazing. So Irene, why don't you tell us what the caring listeners are? Because that term has come up from both of you several times already. Yes, it's a, we're a group of, I believe, almost 30 parents, maybe a few more, who, as Elizabeth said, have been down this road a little bit further than others. And we can reach a hand back and help people who are possibly new to grief and even some people that have ex been experiencing grief before. Uh, we're in different languages, in different countries, uh, all time zones, and any time of the day or night, someone can reach out if they need to speak to someone to um, just hear a, a kind word. Uh, all information about the caring listeners is on our website, www.helpingparentsheal.org, and our phone numbers are listed. Also, we have told a little bit about ourselves, so possibly someone who's had a child pass uh, by a cancer diagnosis might want to reach out to me. Um, if someone, if a child has passed due to addiction, we have moms that have dealt with that or suicide. And how about the dads, Elizabeth? Yes, we have a great dads group that's led by Mike Edwards. And um, I, I know, and this is something that we realized very early on that dads grieve differently than moms do. And they like to be a little bit more private about their grief. And so Mike has these weekly meetings with dads. He won't let any moms in. And um, I think it's wonderful for the dads to be able to uh, talk about their journey. I think that a lot of times these, these uh, dads try to be very, very strong for their wives, but they aren't able, and therefore they aren't able to talk about the things that um, are happening and their own grief journey. And so um, we are very, very fortunate to have Mike Edwards as our uh, affiliate leader. And as I say, that's every Wednesday evening. Every Wednesday, wow. And how about uh, men as caring listeners? I Well, there are quite a few caring listeners who are men. Uh, Mike is not one of them, but he actually acts as a caring listener for a lot of the dads. But we do have quite a few dads who are caring listeners. Um, and I would say that some of them are more spiritual than I am. It's amazing how um, sometimes in this community, um, there are some really evolved um, caring listeners that we that we absolutely adore. And, you know, the, the criteria that's the most important is that the people who are caring listeners have been with Helping Parents Heal for a, a certain amount of time so that they understand um, the way that we think um, they, they are not professionals. They don't have any professional training. They're just parents, just like us, who have gone down that healing path, as Irene said, a little bit further than, than some and who reach a hand back. Again, for them, 
this is something that heals them even more than it heals the person that they're helping. So people should never, ever feel badly about asking to speak to a caring listener. I love that you just referred to it as a healing path instead of a grief journey. It's both, but what a difference it makes when you just shift that focus. So let's shift topic here now back to the book. Why would somebody want to read 20 tragic stories? <laughs> They're not tragic. <laughs> not at all. They're not tragic. Why don't you go? <laughs> um, I think that they're completely not, no one would consider it to be tragic stories. They're stories of hope and of healing and of transformation uh, of just how far you can come on this journey. And all of us in this book are, I consider the people in the book, some of my closest friends. I'm so grateful to have them all in our life. And you, the person reading the book, hopefully will just read something that might make a difference, you know, and you'll find something in each chapter that will resonate with you. And, and possibly you'll say, oh, maybe I can be that person. Maybe I can feel that way. I want to feel that way. I'd like to heal. You know, I, I was kidding when I talked about, a tr you know, tragic stories. That was just to elicit that <laughs> response and you guys fell right into it. So that was perfect. <laughs> that I just really could say that the foreword that you wrote for this is worth the whole book. And I've had a lot of people say that um, just what you wrote in in the very beginning of the book. And what's so interesting is that I had reached out to Suzanne to do a forward. And she wrote back and said, Oh, I already have a chapter in the book. It's fine. I think that I've, you know, I've done enough. It's okay. And then five minutes later, she texted me back and she said, wait a second, my guides just told me I'm supposed to write this forward. <laughs> I was really put in order there. They were like, what are you doing? You're supposed to say yes. And I said, okay. And it I was guess perfect. I'm writing this. It's an amazing forward. And what's really nice is that it explains a missing piece of that documentary because we all got back together and you uh, gave validations to the parents um, at Lynn and Jeff Hollihan's home. And that was just an amazing day. And so being able to have that in the book is so important. Well, I think it's very important that we start off the book with evidence of the kids. So that's what makes this journey so healing. Yeah. I believe every chapter in the book has evidence, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Lots of evidence. And, you know, if I could just say, one of the things that really excites me about the book is that um, people come from all different backgrounds. They're not necessarily uh, from the afterlife community. There are several people who wrote chapters for the book, and I'm thinking of Nita and Glenn, as well as Leanne, um, who were actually very, in, in their own religion, they they were almost opposed to to believing this way but um the more that they learned the more they realized that it resonated with them and so being able to see that um this is not a belief system nobody has to believe 
in any way to be able to know that we're connected with our children. But being able to know that we're connected with our children allows us to heal. And that's what the most important thing is for us, but also for them. They want us to heal. They want us to move forward. Well, I tell you, I don't know how you could read the book or attend any of your meetings without being blown away by the preponderance of the evidence, because this comes up in everything your group does. It does. Irene? It does. And um, the book itself is evidence. When when Elizabeth called me up and told me we were going to be writing a book, I was a little surprised because we have so much that goes on in our daily life, moderating a Facebook group of almost 20,000 people, planning a conference. And uh, when she told us what it was going to be and sent out an email, I sat quietly one night and I have never done channel writing in my life. I just sat at the computer, darkness, and the words just flowed. So I know that Carly was right there with me, helping me to write. And I believe all of the kids did that in the book. It wouldn't have been possible otherwise, because we we decided this in July, and it came out less than two months later. And that was including the forward from you and a forward from Maureen Hancock. Nobody nobody does that. It's only because with with how many authors there were twenty one authors, I believe, unless we have help from our kids, which we did. No doubt, and. It was really funny because I would see you send out emails to everybody involved and most of them would hit reply to all. So there would be these flood of emails and the energy that you all listening now are feeling from the three of us, that permeates the book because there's nobody associated with this book that didn't have that kind of excitement about being part of this. And there were no egos involved. It wasn't about, oh, I'm going to be in a book. It's, oh, I get to share my child's story to help others get to where I am now. Exactly. That just gave me goosebumps. Yes, that's exactly the way that we feel. And, you know, one of the things about all of these people who are in the book um, is that many of them have also written their own books. Obviously, you've written so many incredibly healing books, but there are other parents who have already written their books. They've already done what they felt was necessary to be able to get the word out about their own child. But being a part of this was very important to them. And I think that what I was saying earlier about the fact that Craig did this documentary and it was a fabulous documentary, but it was very long. It was two and a half hours long. And he decided it was a conscientious decision not to... um, not to include anything that was too out there, anything that might make people think that we were a little bit crazy. And so because of that, he he didn't put in a lot of the things that are near and dear to our hearts. Oh, and you would be talking about some of the stories probably. And I would well, love to share a couple of those when we come back from the break. I was sharing some of them with my husband, Ty earlier today stories about balloons doing crazy things so we have to share some of that magic when we come back i hope all of you will join us we'll be back in about three minutes for more discussion about how death is not the end love never dies come on back after the break 
Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24 through 26. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. And I can't stop smiling because I'm staring on screen here at two of the most beautiful, lovely, loving ladies I know, Elizabeth Boisson, president and co-founder of Helping Parents Heal, and Irene Vuvalides, vice president. And we are talking about the new book, Life to Afterlife, all about helping parents heal parents' stories. So it's not so much about the organization, but each of the 20 parents who were, I believe it's 20, involved in the documentary by the same name. That documentary is still available, isn't it, Irene? Yes, it is. And um, I believe Craig has it on YouTube now where um, anyone can watch it. It was, you had to pay a fee to watch it, but it's free for everyone. And Elizabeth also has it posted on our website. Very good. I love this book. It's the kind that you can pick up and put down. And as we said in the first half of the show, it's not depressing. Every chapter has lessons for all of us. So I promised everybody when we came back from the break, you would share a magical story. How about the one from Laurie Savoie? That would be wonderful. I don't know if you want me to do it or want Irene to. I just, I love that story so much. Uh, Do you want to tell that story? I think Irene wants to take care of Linus. So why don't you take tell it, Elizabeth? <laughs> so Lori um, is someone that I absolutely adore. And it turned out that when we first met, we, for some reason, put our driver's license on the table in a cafe and figured out that we were born exactly the same day, exactly the same year. No way. Feels like a soul sister to me, but um, she's a medium and I'm not. So, uh, but anyway, she's wonderful. Uh, When Garrett passed, her son passed, uh, they had a service for him with a lot of her Canadian uh, parents. And uh, well, she had a whole bunch of people come from Canada um, for the service. And um, they were all around a, an island in a kitchen and this red balloon came up and was rubbing all of them, going around all of them. And then, um, one of her nieces said, oh my gosh, that's Garrett. And one of her nephews said, oh, don't say that. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And he went over and sat down at a computer that was close by. The balloon went over to him and was kind of bumping him on his head on either side and he was just brushing it off. And then the balloon, his arms were out straight, went up underneath one of his arms and popped up in his face. And And everybody was laughing. This is witnessed by many people, right? That this balloon with no air conditioning. The whole whole crowd of people 
that were at the service. But as Lori says, she wishes that she'd filmed it. And so when it popped up in his face, he said, okay, if you're Garrett, go and get me a beer. And so this balloon actually went down the hall pretty far from where he was, made a beeline down the hall all the way back to where the kitchen, the, the, there's an extra refrigerator back there where all the beer is, and stopped, stuck against the refrigerator door. So finally, this nephew decided that he was going to open the refrigerator get the beer and toast Garrett. So that, that's just such a fun story. And we have so many of them in the book. It's, it's an astounding story. And it's the kind of thing that years ago when I was still wearing a Navy uniform, I would have said, that is ridiculous. But you have witnesses and we now know how spirit sometimes just pulls out the stops to get our attention. Look at the timing right after his service. It's just phenomenal. Irene, do you have a favorite story or one just jumps out at you? One of those magical, no other explanation stories? Well, my story with you, when I had the reading with you on New Year's Eve 2000, I believe it was 14. And the magic that happened during that reading just absolutely proved to me that Carly was right there. She was sitting on the couch with me. She was with me, talking to me through you, and that was one of my major shifts in my grief journey. And thank you for sharing that one. I didn't mean for you to talk about that, <laughs> but it, it, it is one of the most healing things that uh, somebody new on this journey can do is have a reading with an evidential medium. I've never asked this question, but it occurs to me now, is there anybody in the book, do you know, that has not consulted a medium? I don't believe so. I think everyone has. Don't you think, Elizabeth? I think everyone has. And, you know, I think that um, even if they haven't had a real reading with a medium, um, I can think of one person. They've had a lot of experiences in our group readings where they have had their child come through. And so or their child or children come through, which is really a wonderful thing about helping parents heal, because you don't have to pay someone to have a reading. You can also go to these meetings and um, possibly have your child come through if they're very anxious to to talk to you during the meeting. Yeah, those are wonderful. And that's what I love about your, your meetings. They're not all about mediumship, and I'd like you to talk in a couple minutes about what else goes on at your meetings. But you certainly encourage people to investigate mediumship. I love that the men's group of Helping Parents Heal invited me to be a speaker one night, and I did it by Zoom. And knowing these would be a bunch of uh, left-brain men, most of them, and I know that's a stereotype, but stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason, I poured on the photos of me in my military uniform and with the president and with the chairman. I mean, I just flooded them with it at first to kind of get those defenses down. And I heard from several of them afterwards that they were kind of on the fence about mediumship, but it's this kind of thing that, that opens the door to belief. And once you start paying attention, that's when all of this really takes on a whole new level of understanding and importance to you. So sorry to be doing a lot of talking. I love to have my guests do most of the talking, but um, Irene, why don't you tell us some of the other things that go on at the meetings that are so helpful? Sure. We like to get as many people as possible on a healing journey to help our parents. 
Um, David Kessler has spoken. He is a grief expert. We have had sound healers. We have had energy healers. Um, we've also had a lot of people talk about their near-death experiences and how that has changed them. Um, I also believe that trauma is an underlooked component on the grief journey. And we have had therapists, psychotherapists, uh, psychologists talk about um, methods of healing through with trauma, trauma work specifically, EMDR work, uh, repairing reattachment therapy. There are lots of modalities because I believe that until we deal with that trauma and heal from the trauma, the, the whole soul, the psyche won't be completely healed. Beautiful. And I'd love to add yoga and meditation. Yes. <laughs> add a lot of that and Reiki and um, obviously the healing uh, go, goes along with Reiki. But yeah, we, we welcome anyone who um, it has an alternative way of of offering parents uh, a way to heal other than pills and um, operations or things like that. What we're trying to do is to allow our parents to heal in a gentle way, in a way that actually will be durable because um, if you're taking pills and you're um, maybe self-medicating, it's, it's not going to last forever. And unfortunately, um, that's the way that a lot of people deal with this, at least in the very beginning. But I can say that all of these unusual methods, even things like mirror gazing to see our loved ones in the mirror there, that's another, um, this is through Ray, uh, Raymond Moody that we learned this. There are just so many ways and not everything works for everyone, but um, it's really great for people to try as many different healing modalities as possible and find what works for them. Absolutely. And with an air of, uh, it's okay because you're doing it with other people too. And we're, it's not, what are people going to think? And again, try it. If it works, if, if it works fine, I just did a, a session for a woman and in the reading was told by spirit that she needed trauma clearing. And, uh, I can definitely remember many readings where the child in spirit or another a parent, a spouse, who had passed would say they're on medication you won't need it now now that you know i'm here so tell me about the conference i was at the first one spoke at the first one attended as a shining light parent with my husband ty and ty mentioned walking in the ballroom of 500 quote bereaved parents saturday night Anybody who didn't know that that was a group of bereaved parents would never have believed that's what that conference was. There was a sense of joy. It was a celebration. Tell us about that energy and why we call them shining like parents. Oh my, well, I had attended a few conferences on my journey and I had mentioned to Elizabeth back in 2017, well, why don't we have a conference? And she very nicely said, do you have any idea what goes on <laughs> in planning a conference? So I said, well, how hard could that be? I'm a retired dental hygienist. I'm sure I could figure it out. 
And it was easy. Elizabeth and I, along with some other parents, because our children helped us, and we wanted to create a space to celebrate our children. That's what we want to do. And we want to help parents connect with their children and know that their children are with them always. We will have, of course, you'll be doing the keynote speech to open the conference. We're very excited about that. Because you're having another one next year. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, we're having a conference in Phoenix, Scottsdale, August 18th to the 21st, 2022. And um, it's going to be another gathering. It's the conference. We're able to have a lot more people at this one. So we'll have probably 900 and with the speakers, almost a thousand people gathering. And And it will be. And I need to say that all the work that your board does every day, you do voluntarily with no salary. The conference fee, while it may initially shock some people who don't usually go to conferences just because it's a few hundred dollars, I believe, covers the hotel rental multiple meals. It's, it is the most reasonable conference fee I've ever seen. And in addition to that, you've been raising money, many of the funds coming from the sale of this book to offer scholarship to those parents who can't afford it. So people need to understand you can't do a conference for fee for free. <laughs> and yet you do it reasonably because nobody's making any money off it. This is the whole foundation of this organization. It's, it's not about money. It's about the healing. And I had a woman come up to me after a recent workshop. She said, I was kind of on the fence about the conference, but I'm going now. She, she met up with several other Shining Light parents at my workshop. And people are excited. Well, we hope so. And you're right. I I think that it's important to remind people that this book was created to be able to have money for scholarships for uh, parents because every every penny goes back to helping parents heal. But um, it, it is a very reasonable price. And Irene and I work so hard to make sure that um, we, we have a lot of people donating things as well, which is wonderful. All of our speakers donate their time. All of the presenters come and they do this out of the goodness of their hearts, which is just so wonderful for us. Yeah, and, a great lineup of speakers and workshops. It's wow. And uh, we wait. even have... We even have Gordon Smith coming from Scotland, which is a very exciting thing because that's a long way away, but he's doing this again out of the goodness of his heart coming to speak uh, to parents, which is, I I feel so grateful. And I feel so grateful to Irene for for, for pushing this idea of having a conference because the first one was awesome. This one is going to be even more incredible. The hotel that we're going to be having it at is more like a resort and it's out on a golf course and it has a lazy river and it's just beautiful. So I think and that kind of self care for those who have been through trauma are still going through it is part of the healing process. So it's, it's beautiful. So Let's get back to the book then, because I'm so glad you made that point about how every penny of it goes for scholarships for the conference. And I'm sure after the conference is over, any money will go for future conferences or for running the organization. But what kind of feedback have you got from those who are in the book about the writing process or about how people are receiving it? 
ahead, Elizabeth. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I, I can say that the people who are a part of the book feel so incredibly grateful to be able to be a part of a whole. Because for us, when I, I just have to quickly find this picture of all of the kids who are together. For us, when we do something together like this, we know that our kids are all together as well. They are all joined together just as they are in this picture. And of course, um, those of you listening on the radio can't see it, but it's a beautiful collage that Elizabeth put together with photos of all the kids who are in the book. And that they're all working together. Um, I think that not there wasn't a single person who had been a part of the documentary who didn't want to be a part of the book because it's very exciting to be able to um, have something written about your child and to have other people be able to read about it and to be able to talk about your own healing journey. But that is a good question. I think that they all enjoyed it. I think that they were all happy to be a part of it. I feel another important part about the book is that it does touch on most of the ways that people pass at a younger age. It doesn't shy away from suicide and drug use and all of those and yet all of our kids no matter how they passed are together when we have meetings they have meetings <laughs> there are quite a few different ways of transition for the kids in the book and um i think that it's very timely too because um as you say overdose that is something that is is very very hard in our country right now Suicide with a pandemic has become very, very difficult as well, more difficult than before. And so knowing that these kids who, who have gone through this are actually completely fine, completely happy. They're happy, healthy, and home. And we're the ones who are in school and we're the ones who have to stay here and um, figure it out, but also help others to be able to make our kids proud. And once we get over there, uh, it's going to be an incredible reunion. And I can't wait to hug every single one of those kids. Who You'll have to get in line. line. <laughs> <laughs> now, Irene, um, I know a lot of people listening now or watching are not in the place that both of you are or that I am and can smile and laugh and feel joy again. There's a wonderful part in one chapter where one of the moms, and I'm sorry, I can't remember who it is right now, was saying that in the midst of dealing with this grief from her son's passing, she lost her home, she lost her job, everything just fell in, and yet she made it through. I bet there are many people listening and watching right now who just want to join their loved one across the veil, whether it's a uh, a child or a parent or a grandparent, a sibling, whoever it is, a spouse, what do you have to say to them when the world just comes crushing in? You know, Suzanne, it's so difficult when you are in those, the depth, and I call it the rabbit hole of grief, and you just don't know what to do. And I know I found myself in that place after Carly passed. And I'm just so grateful that I chose to do the work and to read the books and to listen to the podcasts and the videos that are out there, all of the resources. And Elizabeth has put 
so many wonderful resources together on our website that even if you haven't had a child pass, any loved one that's passed, you can you know, visit that, our website and find them. We have 300 of our meetings that are on our YouTube channel and you can listen to the different speakers. But I know myself, I did not want to stay on this earth. I wanted to be with Carly. That's all I wanted. And I just said over and over, my husband, Tony, can't be twice widowed. And slowly I found my way. And I'm so grateful that I'm here and doing what I'm supposed to do. I feel my life has meaning like it's never had before. And I'm just so grateful to be that voice for those that aren't there yet and to let them know it will be okay. And that's where the term shining light parent takes a turn. At first, the person across the veil, in this case a child, is the shining light that keeps you moving forward. And then they become like you two, shining lights for those who are in the depths of darkness who are still here. So it's a, it's, it is a journey, a transformation that you go through. And, and can either one of you, would either one of you address how at the beginning of this journey, you just can't imagine smiling again? I know I couldn't, and I smile all the time now. This is true. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think I would ever smile again. And I remember the first time I laughed, probably close to a year after Carly's passing, and I caught myself laughing and I started to cry. <laughs> and then I realized, no, you don't have to cry anymore. Yeah. Elizabeth, how about talking about those who think it's doing a disservice to their loved one by being happy again? Well, I can just say from my own experience that what I felt from Morgan when he transitioned and he hugged me, I knew that he was with me. I knew so that- Would you explain to everybody who hasn't read your chapter in Life to Afterlife, what you mean by he hugged you after he transitioned? That's a good question, yes. I um, He was in Tibet. I was here. And um, I got a call from the director of the program saying that he was having difficulty, that they were getting him down the mountain, um, but that he uh, was foaming at the mouth that morning. And then by the time I was able to reach his roommate, um, uh, they had unloaded him from the bus and they were undergoing, they were doing CPR on him. Um, his roommate was wonderful because he told me, uh, Ms. Boisson, I don't think he's going to make it. I am so grateful that he did that because I immediately said, Colin, put the phone up to Morgan's ear. And I told him that we were proud of him, that we loved him and not to be afraid. And I don't know how the, I found it in me to tell him that, but I immediately felt him hug me. It was just one of the most incredible hugs. And I knew that he was with me. And my quest, which was a little different from Irene's in the very beginning, was to find other parents who had experienced this because I knew that it was true. I knew that our kids are still right here. And I hadn't had any training in the afterlife community. It was not something that I had ever experienced before, I did have Chelsea on the other side and I was told by a medium that Chelsea actually was the first person to meet Morgan when he transitioned. She took his hand and led him to me. So I think that that is how I was able to get that hug. But um, I, 
I think that um, one of my driving factors in creating the group was because the kids were pushing me and telling me that they wanted to be celebrated, they wanted to be talked about, they wanted to be remembered, instead of having their parents be so sad. And that's why the tribute page exists. That's why I get pushed out of bed very early in the morning because they start telling me it's time to get those tributes up. And I feel very connected to them. Beautiful. So where do people find these tributes and your website? It's all available online. Um, the website, www.helpingparentsheal.org. The YouTube channel, Helping Parents Heal. Um, and everything is also, well, it's all on the website and on the Facebook page. Anything else, Elizabeth? We have an Instagram and we have a Twitter oh, account right. as well. <laughs> so those are also possibilities. But um, but. If, if people really want to connect, the best way to do so is by reaching out to a caring listener because uh, the caring listener can kind of guide them to all of the different resources that are available, and it might make it a little less overwhelming to do so. Very good. So we have about two minutes left. We've really addressed this, but I want to make sure we don't miss a good point. Why should people read Life to Afterlife if they've watched the documentary already or they know some of the stories? Well, okay. I first just want to quickly say I am so grateful to Craig McMahon for initially doing that documentary because the book would not exist if he hadn't asked us to do this. Um, and just to go a little bit further, Craig is a Shining Light sibling. So he has two brothers um, who passed when he was young. And so I think that he gets it, which is wonderful. Um, Irene, go ahead. I think that a video is different than reading a book. Um, it's a lot longer. The book, you get to know us intimately, our children in a nice chapter. So it's an, it's an easy read. And like you said, Suzanne, you can read a chapter, put it down. I read your intro over and over again. I mean, there's something so nice about just having it there and having having a reference to be able to actually touch as opposed to watching something on a big screen. Wonderful. Is it available on Kindle? I believe it is. Uh, it, yes. yes, it is available on Kindle. Um, and it's available both in black and white and in color but the black and white version is much less expensive so i would highly recommend getting the black and white version it has Good. the pictures still so well um, you two are an inspiration the book is inspirational and it's been my honor to be involved with it and to share you with everybody today thank you so much for being with us thank you thank you thank you so much we're so grateful thank you suzanne you're so welcome we'll see you all back here next week everybody thank you so much Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation Podcast, 
we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.